Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly O'Horo, and this is Adaptable Behavior Explained. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to talk about the Adverse Childhood Experience Study today and why that matters and why we need to understand how what happened to us during the ages of 0 to 18 can really profoundly affect the way that we interact in our life, in our relationships, but most profoundly our behaviors in adulthood as well as our health issues that are associated with things that happen to us. And because of this uh, adverse childhood experience study, we have been able to understand that the long-term impact of childhood trauma on people's physical and mental health is completely profound and not separate. And now we have the research to substantiate that. So back in 1995 to 97, uh, Kaiser Permanente out of San Diego conducted a study with 17,000 participants where they asked these participants 10 questions that were related to um, their childhood experiences, and a social worker was in charge of this, and they correlated the experiences from childhood to later illness in life. And so the adverse childhood experiences directly impacted health circumstances that they were being treated for at Kaiser at the time. So these 10 questions focused on three subtypes, Abuse, which includes physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. Neglect, both physical and emotional neglect. So this could be even, um, I don't get hugs and kisses when I fall down. This can be, my dad works all the time, and when he comes home, he acknowledges that I'm there, but there's not really any affection or tenderness that he missed me or that I matter. And so a lot of times with our cases uh, as a therapist, people come in and they'll say things like, My childhood was great. You know, my parents checked all the boxes. There were really no profound issues. And then when we do a little bit of a a deeper dive into their stories, what we're seeing is that there was actually a a pretty profound uh, experience of, of emotional neglect. And it's not anything that would, you know, have CPS take children away, but it does impact the the nervous system. And it, and it teaches us that, we're not necessarily loved or safe in the world, or we can't at least count on the fact that our emotional needs are really important. And so emotional and physical neglect are really um, substantial and significant factors with the adverse childhood experience questionnaire, and oftentimes minimized by patients. The third category or subtype is household uh, challenges. So this includes substance abuse, mental illness by a parent or a sibling, domestic violence, Uh, criminal behavior, if there was a a parent or a family member that had issues with the law, Uh, parental separation or divorce is another marker for the adverse childhood experience uh, questionnaire. And, And of course, with that parent separation includes the death of a parent. And so these 10 factors really negatively contribute to the nervous system being in a state of a high cortisol or adrenal response that's really meant to be temporary. And when a lot of these uh, things happen in a person's life over time, there's a, a build effect where it's meant to be temporary that we have experiences of fight, flight, or freeze. And when something is prolonged because someone has so many of these factors happen to them, we're, we're really um, impacted in our body. And, and of course, the cortisol and adrenal response can negatively impact all of our body systems. And so I'm going to talk a bit about that in another episode. 
And so these studies revealed this strong link between the ACEs negative health outcomes in adulthood. So individuals who experienced a higher number of ACEs were found to have significantly increased risk of various physical and mental issues such as heart disease, cancer, depression, substance abuse, and of course other chronic diseases. And so when when uh, patients were in the clinic and they were being treated for these medical issues, what they found is a, an extremely high correlation between an increased number of ACEs and profound impact on medical wellness or, um, or physical health. So the accumulation of a number of ACEs, meaning when we're asked that, that questionnaire, and we as therapists ask our clients the same 10 questions, maybe not in list form, but over time, and we're developing an idea in our mind about how did this person's nervous system have to weather their childhood storm? And the more ACEs a person has, the higher their chances of developing health issues and engaging in risky behaviors. So when I have a client that talks about some of the things that they do to manage the distress in their body, I'm already thinking, I wonder what happened to them. And part of what's awesome about this study is it started to change the way we as uh, mental health professionals, as well as medical professionals view what's going on in us and how previous experiences were really the reason that our bodies are acting the way that they're acting. So the World Health Organization understands this, and they're actually looking at changing physical health, mental health, to overall wellness or health, because we understand that the brain is the governor of all of our systems, and it's the computer that that um, drives all of our bodily uh, systems, and it's not separate. The brain is what is affected by our stimulus in our environment. And so what's awesome is it's starting to change the paradigm from mental health and, and behavioral health and physical health as separate entities to an overall um, experience of wellness that's in one category. So the good news about this study is it's starting to change the way that people think about wellness and illness. Medical doctors are even being trained in this way, and nurses at this point, not in all schools, of course, and it's still a, a pretty big paradigm shift in a lot of um, medical professionals' thinking because it wasn't the way they were trained initially because we didn't have this information to correlate you know, causation and, um, and illness as, a, as a, having been contributed to because of what happened to us as, as a child. So because of this study, there's been a lot of change in the way that organizations and agencies develop interventions and strategies to prevent or mitigate the effects of ACEs. Like we now know we need to support people in their healing process, breaking the cycle of intergenerational trauma, and recognizing that we need to address when children are having difficult times and they don't have the supports that they need or some of these adverse experiences are happening. We understand if we don't intervene earlier that this has a profound impact on later, later health and wellness in the person. The most important part of all this is it shifts all of our thinking as we become aware of it and why I wanted to discuss this in a podcast is because people just don't know. And we really need to be thinking about not why does this person act this way or why are they behaving this way or why are they drinking so much or why are they smoking weed all day long every day? Not why are they doing these things in a judgmental way, but what happened to them that has made them have to deal with their nervous system 
and try to numb or to try to manage the dysregulation in their bodies with with means that are not necessarily in the best interest of the of the body itself. And so the hope is that when people become aware of this conversation, we start to shift our focus to not what's wrong with you, why are you acting this way, but really what happened to you. And understanding in understanding the impact of these adverse life experiences and a, and a person's history is really important because it helps us, especially as therapists, focus on the current symptoms, but more importantly, what happened to cause those current symptoms. And so it leads to more effective treatment strategies. And what's really lucky for me being in the industry at this time is it's becoming common. it's becoming commonplace knowledge. We are now aware that we have to use modalities that address the cellularly stored information in a person's nervous system based on what they've gone through. And we can't just talk them down. We can't just help someone change their states of anxiety by giving them, you know, techniques or talking about reframing things or uh, even just understanding what happened to us isn't quite enough to change the way our body shows up in real time. So when a person has experienced childhood trauma, it's really important that they can get some help that changes the way the neurophysiology is being affected in their body by going to a therapist that can do something in a a bottom-up treatment like EMDR therapy or somatic experiencing or sensory motor therapy. Again, all modalities that can address the body and how what we know because of this wonderful study that Kaiser did And what we know about how our physical symptoms are oftentimes tied to unresolved stress that that lies in the body and hasn't been fully reprocessed or um, reviewed. So overall, this adverse childhood experience study, it's been instrumental in raising awareness about long-term consequences from childhood trauma. It advocates for trauma-informed care. And most importantly, it's helping to change the paradigm of of supporting our services in healthcare, in education, our social services, and promoting a better understanding of the importance of early intervention when things are happening in in the lives of, of the people around us, and that we really need to be more proactive to support children and families when they're dealing with problems related to stress in their body, to acting out, to um, situations that are um, not ideal for today's behavior. So just to recap today, we talked about the Adverse Childhood Experience Study and how there were 17,000 people in a medical study out of San Diego that were asked 10 questions that were in three categories, abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction, and the greater number of categories that one would mark in in that questionnaire would increase the likelihood of risky behavior in adolescence and adulthood, as well as increase in significant physical and medical issues and ailments in later life. And so now we have evidence that shows the parallel between those things, and it has helped to change the paradigm when we approach medical issues as well as mental health issues that not just what's wrong with you and why are you acting a certain way or physically what is contributing to why you're acting the way that you're acting and what happened to you that has caused the level of physical Uh, the stress in your body in prolonged states over time. 
So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that was helpful. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more, I'm going to dive in deeper in the next episode and talk about some of those risky behaviors, as well as the physical issues that happen in our body and the illnesses that can be uh, attributed to these adverse childhood experiences. Don't forget to lead with love. It'll never steer you wrong.